just use the mic. Oh, 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 there we go. There we go. So um, John said a scary thing that you never really uh, tell a Floyd. He said, take what time you need. Take, as the Spirit leads, take what time you need. So uh, for those that know my dad, that's not a good thing. You know, I am Joe Floyd Jr., so that's not a good thing. Really the third, but dad was junior. And, uh, but this is, this is a, a great day uh, to return uh, to my roots where we used to uh, cut it up up there in those, uh, up in that balcony and to be here. But in, in many ways, uh, return to, to how my wife, you know, these... Uh, uh, ladies would come over to, to the house, and, and so my wife can, can feel kind of comfortable in this setting because these uh, ladies would come over to the house, and, and my, my wife would tell them about the, the ratio of men to women up in Alaska, you know, just kind of how, and, and, and they would get kind of, really, you know, there's all these guys and all these ladies up there, and they're kind of single gals and interested in, 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 in that, and she said, and she'd lean in, but she didn't know that I was listening. And she said, you know, sweetheart, really, you know, the odds are good, but take it from me, the goods are odd. <laughs> so the, the odds are really good. So uh, anyway, yeah. I only say that because my former coach, uh, wrestling coach, is in the back, and he used to always tell those stories to Coach King. But uh, anyway, um, as we go to the Lord today and we open his word and we talk about him on this great Father's Day, uh, we need to be reminded of this, that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and correction and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for all scriptures inspired by God. And, and um, the word of the Lord is uh, alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to devo- div- divide the soul from the spirit, the joints from the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How can a, how, what shall a man live by? By bread alone? No, but by the words of the, of the Lord. That's how we live. And so as we open up the scriptures today, we need to be reminded of that. But before I get started, I've got a, this is a fishing town, fishing communities. So do we have time for a story real quick? Uh, but there's a, anyone ever seen on the backpacks or on cars, it says this life is good slogan. You might have seen it, it's on, it's on water bottles everywhere. Life is good, but, but you know what? Life is good, but everything changes when you find out what's out there. Real quick story. Life is good, but everything changes when you find out what's really out there. So I was up in Bristol Bay, one of my first uh, years fishing up in, in, a, in a river called Igigik. And so the, uh, uh, the skipper said, hey, you know what? Uh, where do you guys want to go today? You want to go out into deep water or you want to go into the River Narrows? And so I was what you call a greenhorn at that time, a rookie, a beginner. And I'm looking at the other guy, a guy from California. And, and uh, what do you, where do you want to let's, let's say, hey, we caught a few fish out in the deep water. Let's water. All right, so he says, pull the pick, and we, so we go on out to deep water, and we let the, the net out, and we're sitting on the back of the boat, and we're, it's up and down, and pow, all of a sudden, we, a sockeye salmon hit. Hey, we just made 50 cents. We just made a dollar, a 10-pound sockeye salmon, whatever. So another a few more minutes, another couple salmon hits, and so, so after about a half hour, we probably had 10 sockeye salmon. So uh, in, in fishing industry, those that are fishermen and are, are, uh, know what's going on, you have these buddy systems where you call and check in with each other. And so, so sure enough, we get on the horn, he says, uh, red zone, red zone, this is the bounty. The, I was on the bo- a boat called the bounty. Uh, come in, are you there? And no answer. We're out on deep water. Hey, red zone, red zone, come in. Oh, no, we're thinking, we're perking up a little bit. Where are they? 
You know, what are they doing? You know, everything okay? So no answer. He says, guys, guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get on the, uh, uh, the single sideband, call the radio or the uh, uh, landline and, and call them, find out what's going on real quick. So he calls on the line and says, hello, hello, Red Zone Land, Red Zone Land. Have, uh, this is the bounty. Is there, have you heard from your husband what's going on? And, and silence. Nothing. We called again. And finally, a crackling, uh, hello, this is Red Zone Land. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, well, we're finding, wanting to find out where your, where your husband is. How's everything going? And, and we heard this kind of a chuckle. And she said, oh, oh well, he's not returning any calls. Uh, and we're kind of, really, oh, no, what, why is he not returning? Well, uh, and she says, oh, I'm sorry, well, well he's been too busy. And we're kind of, too busy? What's that mean, too busy? And he says, oh, she says, can I, you want me to elaborate? He's going, yeah, tell us what. Well, he went up into the River Narrows. And he let his net down in the River Narrows, and I'm sorry, but they've been pulling in all of the fish. They filled up all t- uh, ten of the holes with 1,000 pounds of sockeye salmon, and now they're pulling it all onto the deck. It looks like he's going to have about eighteen to 20,000 pounds from the River Narrows. I'll never forget that moment for the rest of my life. I'm on the deck. We're watching 10 fish go into our net, and they had 5,000 fish or or 2,500 fish, 20,000 pounds. Everything changes when you find out what's out there, don't you? We We thought life was good. We thought life was good until all of a sudden we got new information. Someone was in the River Narrows with their net sunk. And she said, oh, one more thing, guys, one more thing. A bunch of other people went up into the River Narrows and all of their nets are sunk too. All of their nets are sunk too. And I'm thought, not how life is. Everything changes until you find out. Everything's good until you find out what's out there. And that's what today I want us to go down a path a little bit and make a decision of going into the River Narrows and talking about some spiritual truth and sink our spiritual nets today and walk out feeling like I know all those deckhands did that day. So, the key verse, one of the key verses, James, considered all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. We'll get to that. But before that, Jeremiah 9.23 says this, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast of his might, let, let not the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me, that I'm the Lord that practices justice and righteousness in the earth. And in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So when we're boasting, when we're bragging about things, when we're glorying about things, you know, what are we glorying about? Here, this verse says that we should glory and boast about the Lord. So, the question is, and the question to me as well, do I know this God? Am I willing to boast about him and describe him in a way that will truly depict his character. So some of the things we know, uh, and I'm going to get to you today, I'm just going to focus on, and there's multiple attributes of God or descriptions of God. I'm gonna, there's lots of them, but I'm going to talk about one today. But before we get there, a few of them that we know, uh, we've heard the term omniscient. In other words, he knows everything. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. He knows the stars in the sky, and he knows them by name. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Isn't that nice to know that God knows us and what's best for us? He knows it all. He knows everything. He's omnipotent or he's all-powerful. In other words, words, there's no problem that comes into our life that God can't handle. Isn't that wonderful to know? All things are possible 
through God. I can do all things, Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isn't that a great promise? He's omnipotent. And am I taking advantage of an omnipotent God that knows me better than I know myself and that's all-powerful? We know he's eternal. Eternal, what's that mean? He knows the beginning from the end. He sees my life from the beginning to the end. I went to the, uh, to the Rose Bowl. My dad was a big bowl game. He used, to go to, uh, he used to go to the one in San Diego, what was that called, Holiday Bowl, and then he would go to the Fiesta Bowl game just about every year. And he hardly ever went to the Rose Bowl because he says the, the stadium was too far out that he wanted to be able But anyway, I went to the Rose Bowl and went to a parade right before the Rose Bowl parade. And it's beautiful. What a spectacle. Anybody ever seen the Rose Bowl parade? It's beautiful, right, on New Year's Day. And so at Pasadena, so I was standing there, and sure enough, this, is, this is, shows my age a little bit. The uh, grand marshal for the parade was a guy by the name of Frank Sinatra. This is going way back. He was in the, you know, wave, and there's, there's wow, that's Frank Sinatra. And, and so I'm sitting, but all I could see was one float at a time. I had street corner vision. That's all I could see. But God's eternal. He sees the parade just like we on TV saw the parade from the blimp. He sees the beginning of my life, and he sees the end of my life, and he sees everything in between. He's eternal. Isn't that great to know that we have a God that sees it all for us and knows what's best for us? So he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's eternal. But then he's all these other things. He's gracious. He's just. He's merciful. You know, all these things. But one thing, one attribute I want to focus on today, because it's Father's Day, is another attribute that we need to be reminded of. I want to talk about another father. There's another father out there that uh, always has time for us. He's always present. When we got a little league game, so to speak, he's always there. When we've got a presentation up at school, he's always there. He's the, he's the, when I have a trouble at home, he's the dad that says, hey, you want to go for a walk? Want to play catch and talk about these kind of things? Want to go? He's the ever-present, the Bible says, he's our ever-present help in trouble. There's another father out there that is our ever-present help in trouble. He's always available. What a standard to us on, the, on this Father's Day, right? He's not only ever-present, he's always loving. He's not loving when I make every lay-in and I missed a bunch and I can remember them like they were yesterday playing diamond in the, in the uh, Kodiak Joe Floyd basketball tournament uh, championship game and we had them and here I am and I blow a lay-in. You know, or all the free throws or all the strikeouts. Dad came down to, uh, to Texas and watched me play baseball and I struck out we were down by one, one, one run with runners on second and third, and I struck out in the game, and he had brought a relative over, and he came over, Max, why did he strike out with I brought this relative over? I said, and Dad, I didn't do that. <laughs> but you know what? The same dad would come alongside, hey, you'll get him next time, won't you? And then he comes a couple weeks later and sees me on the bottom of the ninth uh, uh, beat BYU with a walk-off home run. You know, dads, are, dads see the good and the bad, don't they? But the dad is always saying this, regardless of missing and striking out or making it, they're always saying this, I love you, I love you, I love you, period. Not conditions. I love you, period. Not, dad, I got a D on my report card. 
I got a D. I love you, period. Now you need to step it up. I love you, though. I remember coming home one time in my favorite class of all time, PE at L East Elementary School, and the teacher's actually in the room today. The teacher at East Elementary is actually sitting on the back row on the right side wearing a right shirt, white shirt. I'm not going to say who it was, but um, he was in the class, and I, and I said, I can't believe it. Dad, Dad, um, I go home, and it was a U. And you either had a U, an S, or an O. U for unsatisfactory, S for satisfactory, O for outstanding. I always, in PE, I wanted an O, always. That day, I had a U. And I was going, oh, no, oh, no, no, Dad, oh, no. He's a PE teacher. He's athletic director. He's going to see a U. And so I said, Dad, he, and he said, I love you. I don't know if he actually said that. <laughs> I think he said, you need to go talk to that teacher first. So I went up and talked to the teacher, and, and I knew in my, that I yelled at the girls in PE when we lost. I was bad. I was bad, <laughs> you know. I was really bad. Um, but I lived for PE class. And I love that teacher like any relative I had as much. as And, so, and, and, and I said, Mr. King, uh, can you tell me, my dad wants to know as well, why I got a U? And he said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Max. And that was just a typo on my part. And he just curled over the top. That was supposed to be an O. Anyway, that's a, that's, that wasn't in my sermon notes today at all. <laughs> but like I told uh, Coach King, uh, hold it, I have to change everything because you're in the audience today. But uh, So he's our ever-present help. He is, um, he is always faithful. He always has our best interests in mind. Always has our best interests in mind. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, I, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a hope and a future. We have a father. There is a father out there, another father, that always has our best interests in mind, always makes decisions for our best interests. Isn't that great to know? Isn't that great to know that he loves us? He always has our best interests in mind. He's always present. We also, there's a, a father out there that never turns his back. Never turns his bra- back. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have, there's a heavenly father that never turns his back on us. Isn't that wonderful? He's tenderhearted and patient. He's not desiring that anyone should perish, but that all would come to a knowledge of the truth. He's merciful and forgiving. Psalm uh, 103, verse 10 says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. He doesn't hold those, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He doesn't hold those against us. He doesn't bring it up, hey, you remember when you did that? He casts them from far from the east as from the west. He doesn't, that's a heavenly father that doesn't kind of bring those things up. I remember when you did that, young man. No, he doesn't do that. He forgives us. What a heavenly father he is. He's merciful, forgiving. Of course, you know, this is our heavenly father. Do you know this father? Do you know him? Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Come on in, DJ. Hey, brother, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me. Do you know and understand him? Do you know about his omniscience, his omnipotence, his love for you? That's what he wants you to be boasting about. 
do you know this Father, this Heavenly Father? You know, uh, Jesus said this. He said, I and the Father are one. He who's seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the example of that Heavenly Father that some of us may not have ever had on earth that modeled it, but we have one that we can refer to now and chase after because he's the ultimate father. Yeah, take what time you need, John said. Scary thing to say to a Floyd up here. And take what time you need. You know, we're a, um, the culture is not on the side of the heavenly father, is he? is the culture. The culture is wanting, hey, it's all about possessions. It's what you have. It's all about being recognized, fame and fortune. You know, it's, it's, it's a different kind of world going against this Heavenly Father that wants us to chase after Him. You know, the kind of things um, that the world, we can imagine, um, the things that we want to, to boast about, First John kind of goes in this in more detail. First John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So what's the world, it says? For all that is in the world, and it goes into describing the world, the boasting of what one has and does is not from the Father. So when we both, and, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. I, the first thing within seconds of, of, of talking to someone, I say, what do you do? Why do I do that? What do you do? And the boasting of what you have and what you do comes not from the Father, but what comes from the Father is that you know Him. So it's almost like, uh, you know, what have you found out about the Lord today? How have you grown in the Lord today? Rather than what do you do? I wonder, I catch myself all the time. Possessions, recognition, fame, position. We all make We all make bad decisions. Um, God uses both of them. Uh, whether it's keeping our phone on, coming into church this morning, whether it going off, you know. That's, that's, hey, I would say that's a good decision. It gets me, it's kind of a, uh, Shakespeare would say that's a comic relief kind of moment, right? So all things happen together for good for those who know God and are called according to his purpose. All things happen together for good for those who know God and are called according to his purpose. We make good decisions, we make bad decisions. My dad has made lots and lots of good decisions. He's made lots and lots of bad decisions. Just real quickly, real quick story. All right, I'm a, we're, we, we're a hunting family. And so uh, we would go out and try to get a deer every year. And so one of our favorite spots was a place at the end of, uh, right behind the rocket launch. I think it was through Burton's Ranch. It was called uh, Sacramento Valley. And so we'd go out there about four in, four in the morning. We'd drive out through there, go through the ranch, you know, take the, the, thing, the, the wire gate out and, and then drive in there and go to the beach. And we'd meet with this, this, uh, another uh, hunting party and then we'd hike this beach. There's make good decisions and bad decisions, and when those bad decisions, when they happen, we've got to be willing to reach up our safety ha- arm that's being reached down. So we went to Sacramento Valley, and, and the, we timed it there always. When the tide's out, we walk the beach, go in and hunt, and when the tide's still out, come on back. 
and then call it a day, right? So we went in, hiked, and he said, son, we've got plenty of time. If we don't, if there's too much water up against the beach, we'd have to go along the top with all these ravines and, and alder patches and just a mess to get through. So you always want to hike the beach. So sure enough, we, the, the water's out, 60, 70-foot cliffs, ice-cold Alaska water. You know where this is going, right? So we go in, we go in hunting, we can, hey, uh, we got to get back, we say, hey guys, right by sundown, we'll meet here and we'll hike the beach back, buddy system again. So we hike all day and say, dad, we, you know, son, we're going to have to head back, no deer today. Oh, all right, all right, so we get back to the beachhead and we're waiting and waiting, dad, where are the other guys? And, uh, uh, well, they're not here, um, well, the water's coming in, dad. Uh, I know, but it's a buddy system, we, gotta, and we said we'd meet them here. I said, Dad, that means if we wait too long, we're going to have to go to the ravine, and I'm, t- you know, and he says, all right, well, let's wait. So we waited, and the water's coming in. Water's coming in a little bit, and Dad made a decision. He said, let's go for it. So got my Kelty pack on, empty that day, which was good, about 10 or 11 years old. So we start hiking down the beach, and it's a long hike, about an hour and a half hike. It, it seemed like to me, maybe it wasn't that long, but it seemed like forever. And so there was an outcropping of rocks that we had to make. And, he's, and so the water's coming in, and we're walking. He says, all right, son, let's go, let's go. Let's walk. So we're walking fast, we're walking. Walk. And every reach of the tide is coming in. Every reach of the tide's coming in. It's getting a little closer, and we're getting pinned closer and closer against the cliffs. And then it happened, right? All of a sudden, the reach of the waves hit, and it hits my leg. I said, Dad, the water got, just got me. He says, I know, son, walk fast. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, walk fast. And so, and then all of a sudden the water comes back, pow, comes in, slides up my knee, I'm pushed up against my dad, you know, he's, and then, it, okay, son, as soon as it slides back out, then we gotta fast, walk. And so it slides back out, we walk fast, 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 and then it rolls back up and comes in again, and then it starts, instead of just rushing up, now it actually is the waves hitting on the crash against my leg, I'm crying, I'm crying. It's, uh, you know how water sucks you a little bit? You know, I'm hanging on to him. And, I, and he says, son, if we can just make it to that outcropping, we'll be fine. And so the water come out, and I walk a little bit, and, and hang on, I'm hanging right on to dad, right? Right after we'd stop, boom, it started hitting me at waist. And we go a little bit, and then I'm a little guy, dad's a little bigger than I, it's hitting me down on my shoulders with every crash. And he says, son, if we can just make it to the corner, if we can just make it to the corner, we're gonna be fine. And we'd pull back and then crash. Now it's hitting on dad, pulling back. And, he ha- and, and then I'll never forget this. He said, just hang on. I'm going to get emotional if I don't walk. Watch it. He says, son, just hang on to me. And he looked down at me and he said, son, we're not going to make it to the corner. Just hang on to me. So it's pulling, pow, on dad. And that dad that day, taking his son out deer hunting, but there was another story going on. The other pair of hunters. The other pair of hunters. They got and they saw the two footprints walking into the sand. They're saying, are you kidding me, Joe? So they go to the side, the ravines, and go up and down. And, and I don't know how fast they were going. And some, by God's grace, picked approximately where they thought they were and started going down the cliffs. And going down the cliffs. We all make decisions, but unless you're willing to let go and reach for the hand, you can't get the helps from above, can you? And I'll never forget this, looking down and we hear this, Joe, we're right here, hand him up. 
And I'm crying, and I said, I'm not letting go, Dad. And you're here, it's boosh, boosh, you know. He said, you've got to let go, reach up, and grab the hand that's offered to you. So I finally did. He reached me up, put me on the side of that cliff, and then, Joe, all right, all right, you know, two guys, and lift Dad, you know, heavy, you know he cr- gets up on the side of that cliff, and then we climb to the top of the cliff. This was before climbing was popular. I didn't do this by choice. Are you kidding me? I go to these climbing walls. Are you serious? You know, I'm not doing this by choice. I had to do it. So climb up to the top, and by the time I got to the top, I looked down there, and now it's dark, and there wasn't any, any retreat. It would hit and stay. It was at eight, six, seven, eight feet by the time we got to the top. You know, it would, it was, and so my dad never liked talking about that. Because there was good decisions, and there were many, many, but there were decisions he put us, but we learned from that. I grew from that. But the main thing there is that I had to let go of, of him and reach to a hand that was reaching down to me. Have you let go and reach for the hand? Have you let the hand yet? The heavenly father that's reaching down and saying, I'll rescue you, man. I'll pull you out of harm's way. Have you done that yet? Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me. Do you know him yet? Do you know that hand that's reaching down that's rescuing you? In the last few minutes, I want to bring us to a close. I got an hour more of my notes, but that's okay. That's right. That's okay. Now John's going... uh, uh, I can't believe I let a Floyd up in the pulpit. Um, let me read a poem to you. It's a beautiful poem. It's about mistakes, right? It says this. Author is unknown, but it says this. I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, And God gave me brawn and brain to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for patience. God placed me in situations where I was forced to wait. I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted, yet I received everything I needed. My prayers have been answered. Have yours been answered? Have you asked God? Have you said that our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name? This week we're going to talk about, we're going to have nine laws of leadership Nine qualities of leadership, all modeled in one person, Jesus of Nazareth. All modeled in a person, a heavenly father that releases us from the trappings of maybe our earthly dad that was alluded to. Some of us had earthly dads that modeled, never left us, always believed in us, always loved us, always was there for us, never turned our backs. Some of us, the total opposite, right? But that's the hope of the gospel is that we've got a heavenly father that can wipe out that modeling that we received and give us a pure heavenly father.
When love is in the house, relationships are what life is meant to be like. La- one more story. I'm sorry, I just, growing up, we never had TV down at, the, we had Channel 8, AFRTS, and people would come over to the house, and after deer hunts, and they'd tell stories, and I was all about listening to stories, so that's going to be part of my, in the last few minutes. The story goes of a, of a dad taking his son out golfing. All right, I don't know if it was at the Bear Valley, I don't want to get that, uh, but it was at a golf course, and he had never beaten his dad on a hole. And so all of a sudden, they chip from out distance, and they both land on the green at the same time. So they're even in the score, but the sun was farthest out, nine or ten feet out. And he hadn't made a ten-foot putt. He's a little guy, you know. And, and so, but he'd never even been on the green with his dad before. And so he's all jittery and jumpy, and, and he, he rears back, and I think he probably even closed his eyes. And he hits it. And that ball goes, and a ball goes, and sure enough, it's getting closer to the cup. It finds the middle of the cup and drops in. He jumps up in the air. He's, 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 got it. he's ahead of his dad. By one stroke, he's never been ahead of his dad. He's never won a hole. So his dad's about six feet out, maybe more towards seven or eight feet. Dad gets up. If he misses, his son wins the hole for the first time ever in their short a golf career. So he's over it, steps back, taps it, and sure enough, it's going right. But that dad read that green exactly right. It swerves back left and finds the middle of that hole. Boom, drops in the hole. Again, the son ties his dad. So he's walking to the hole, and they got an arm around each other, you know, as dads do out on a Father's Day, maybe golf outing. And he says, son, let me, let me ask you a question. When your dad was up there putting, putting that last time, were you pulling for him? Were you pulling for your dad? And the son looked up at his dad with a smile on his face, and he said, Dad, and pointed, I always pull for you. Why? Because that's love and a relationship. That's not competition. That's not comparison. That's not love if you do this, because you do this. It's I love you, dot, period. So how do we do this? In in closing, how do we do this? How do we find this heavenly? How do we find him? He's available. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. Blessed Redeemer, living Lord. Thanks for choosing that song. Got to spend time with Him. Got to spend time with Him. Pray. Pray always. The Bible says pray always. Pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible says. An attitude of prayer throughout the day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for DJ. Thank you for Coach King. Thank you for this whole congregation that I grew up with. Thank you. Talking to the Lord. Thank you for Pastor John letting me even come up and talk. And if they only knew what kind of a cut up I was, they would be the last guy to think he'd be in a pulpit. And some guys know what I'm talking about in this room. By God's grace, Emil's laughing. He knows because we played on the same basketball team and I, I never passed the ball. <laughs> so do you know him? Have you spent time with him? Are you in an attitude of prayer? Are you letting his counsel, number two, are you letting his counsel dwell in you? Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Is the word of Christ dwelling in you? 
Oh, yeah, last Easter, I opened up the Bible and read two verses. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Are you letting it dwell in? Are you letting it soak and saturate your mind? Three, John 15, 14. If you love me, Jesus says, you'll obey me. Are you doing what he says? Are you doing what he says? Spend time with him. Take his counsel in. Obey him and then trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll make your path straight. Are you trusting him? Are you believing him? He says a promise. Oh, that's a promise from God. I don't really believe it. I'm going to believe what some writer or some songwriter is saying. That's what I'm going to. No, are you believing God? Trust in the Lord. Five, Jean-Claude Kilius, um, uh, I think it's from Switzerland, a uh, gold medalist downhill skier said, you know what, if you want to be a champion, imitate a champion. Imitate a champion. I've had some champions in my lives that all I wanted to be like were just like them. One sitting up in a hospital bed. I remember out at Rotary, they said, and, I, and I'm sorry, John, this is one of those, those Floyd moments, but I was out at the Rotary. Why did you choose the career of sports management that you got into and have been in for almost 30 years? I said, well, you know what they say? That choosing career can be, one, a set of classes that you took in college, two, some kind of field experience, or three, some kind of a mentor that you wanted to be like all your life. And classes took third. Ex field experiences were really close up near the top, but number one was a mentor that they wanted to be like. That guy lying in that hospital bed, I live to be like. So who are you imitating? And we're going to talk about over on Camp Woody, the father of fathers, the heavenly father, Jesus Christ. He's our model. And the last one, number six, is join a band of brothers and a band of sisters and walk together in fellowship. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Have you joined anywhere? Are you part of a family that's putting and pulling for each other? No matter what happens, I'm always pulling for you. If you so do that, you will find that Heavenly Father that's reaching down from the cliff above when you're in a lot of mess. And he's saying, just grab onto the hand. Grab onto the hand. pleasure to be able to sit and listen to that. It really was. Thank you. Still got another half hour if you want. No, no, we're good. Okay. <laughs> I could go. I could fill it, but we'll, we'll stop. The message, the gospel has been preached.